Hi, I'm Dr. Drew, and this is Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. And welcome to another episode of Dr. Drew After Dark. Remember to send your emails in to drdrewafterdark at gmail.com. It's drdrewafterdark. And the phone number, 818-253-1693, where you can leave your voice messages. Uh, I will get to some of your emails and questions as we go through and voice messages as we go through the day today. Uh, do tell a friend, uh, you know, do we have any kind of a sign-up list or anything, uh, Nadav? Anything we need to be bringing people in? Any Just... Just subscribe to us on iTunes and stuff like that. There you go, the usual stuff. Like and subscribe. It is a privilege to welcome today Brian Redband for the Joe Rogan Experience, Death Squad Pod, Kill Tony's. Thank you for being here. Thank Appreciate you for it. having me. Really a privilege. And, uh, and strangely enough, I just had dinner at Bob's Big Boy two nights ago. Oh, that, the, I go there every night. That one on Riverside? <laughs> yep, yep, the, the it, classic one. It's awesome, right? It is awesome. It, and it, you never know who's going to be there late at night. I, I, I've run into Bieber a few times there. It's been it's a cool place. It, it's if, if people around the country don't know, it's that iconic... Uh, Fat boy, I think they call him, or yeah, big boy, big, big boy, boy. Yeah. and he's in a he's in a essentially a tablecloth, right? Right, yeah. And he's holding a hamburger up like on a tray. Austin Powers, remember when they he was in the space, like he was a rocket ship, exactly, or exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Elon Musk sends him out. Oh yeah, that'd be days. hilarious. <laughs> So um, we're going to watch some videos. We're going to take some emails. Uh, we'll start with uh, emails and questions, that kind of thing. You, uh, the other thing is uh, Brian and I consulted on what to wear today, and we <laughs> yeah. matched up perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And so good. So I, I made sure I had dinner at Bob's and brought my coat in. <laughs> it's fine. And you'll notice it's it, this our studio is refrigerated. Yeah, it's so very it, cool. Too. The, Tom and Christina like people to feel welcome. It's nice. <laughs> Um, Keeps you on your toes, guys. It does indeed. So let's get to a voicemail first off the top, shall we? Hey, my, my name is C, and uh, after I had surgery to remove my right testicle for testicular cancer, my other testicles kind of picked up the slack, but for some reason I have a lot more cum in my loads. Is there any reason for that? Thank you. Okay. He doesn't know what he's talking about, but it does bring a really interesting point up. And you can help me with this, Brian. Wow. That that why do men think that semen is produced in their testicular sac, in their scrotum? That's where it's from, right? No, it's not from there. It's <laughs> it's made from your prostate, that big gland that, that can create a lot of fluid, and then it gets stored in something called the seminal vesicles. These things kind of look like this that sit on the base of the, the prostate. And, and then the, the sperm that comes out of the testes sort of drips in through the vas deferens, tiny, tiny amounts from the testes. Mm. Oh, mm. fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway. My, my, friend, had, my friend died uh, to stick to their cancer. Very and, common. Uh, and he, they asked him, you know, like, hey, do you want, do you a, want fake, a fake yeah. ball? Do you and want and he press- said no. I, 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 it blew me away. I was like, why wouldn't you? I know it's weird, huh? Yeah. I would, Some, sometimes people feel like it doesn't, uh, it's too rubbery, or they, then they want to put a glass one in there, oh, and gosh. that freaks them out. And, oh, yeah, but I think they're pretty good with the prosthetics now. Yeah. So it was it a long time ago? Uh, no, it was like a couple years. And I even said maybe they make them in different shapes, like stars yeah. and stuff. Yeah, That'd be sure. cool, like a cool piercing type thing. Oh, my God. You are on. There might be a market Does, there, right? I, add, I guarantee <laughs> that you could put a like a unicorn in there yeah. or something. Make it Bluetooth so it can connect to your phone. Oh, and... my God. It's just, it's just such a great <laughs> conversation piece, Yeah, right? exactly. What oh. info would it send to your phone? No, it could be like a speaker. Uh, can you imagine that? Well, <laughs> right. Yeah, Feel good? No, no. Beats could have their own version <laughs> of it. Right, right? Yeah. There'd be a Beats version. And uh, you could have a 5G, you know, hotspot oh, there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are you kidding? Come Connect on, to I mean, my balls, you, you know. Like you're at the airport or something. <laughs> Connect to Red Band Balls. It's unsecure. Red Band Balls has a nice ring to it, Red too. Red Balls. It, it, it would be good. I'm always worried about that, though. Like, I, uh, you know, I don't know re- what really to check for when I'm in the shower. But, sure. you know, sometimes... I'll, I'll check and you everything. Should. Is there is there anything like yes. in particular? Like, yes, thank you for asking. Yeah. Uh, it, if it if it starts to feel matted up towards the groin, like if you feel like something kind of like doesn't, I, I don't know how to describe it except it's a firm and matted. But the other thing to watch for is anything in the testicular sac that is rock hard. Okay. Like if you feel a pebble, if you feel a if you feel like a 
a Super Bowl, something like that, that consistency, no big deal. What about like saying it's connected to the ball, but what if it's just like, a, it feels like almost like a zit on the outside. That's okay. not the same okay. thing, right? Now, <laughs> now we're getting to Brian's specific situation. Because I've had so, one, but I popped it and it seemed to, right. right. You can get, particularly in adolescence, you get zits on your balls. Right. right? They're, just, they're called carbuncles. They're nothing. Okay. But you can also get these sort of spongy things on there. Have you ever seen those? Do you have anything, these yeah. sort of white spongy things? Those are also normal. Okay. There's also, this takes us to the penis, of course, which is, there's the four dice pot spots, which are these sort of dark spots you can get on the penis. Right. And then the pearly penile papules. Oh. Yeah. Red veins, pearly, pearly penile papules. <laughs> Again, we should brand these things for you. And those look kind of like warts and people get very freaked out that that's what they're having, but they tend to be symmetrical. They're just essentially clogged uh, sebaceous glands. They're nothing. Yeah. I used, I, I used to get those uh, w almost like cysts in the inner thighs, by, you know, like those carbuncles. Yeah. Those that's are carbuncles. Yeah. And I remember as a kid, that was the first time I had to go to my mom and go, mom, I think there's something drastically oh, wrong with me. No. And I had to pull down my pants. <gasps> I remember it was the most embarrassing thing did you ever. Have a, did you go like try to decide mom or dad or was yeah, it automatic? Well, I lived with my mom. Okay. So right. I had to. I, it would have been daddy to have been around. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. But uh, she she said it was normal. But th th I hate those. She things. a nurse or something? How did she no, know? I, Most of back, them freak back out. Then, back then, we had just that big white uh, uh, book. You know, they had, uh, the, a medical the, book? the medical book that yeah. everybody had. Medical dictionary. Yeah. Sort of thing. We didn't have the internet. So. Yeah. The, <laughs> God. Yeah. Now people think they have a medical degree because they have access to the internet. It makes me go to the doctor more. Uh, the, I the think, internet. Which yeah. is fine. That's yeah. all right. Yeah. Do we have any other voice messages there for us? Yep, we have a serious voicemail right here. Uh-oh. Um, I've had a cold probably about four times this winter, and I just wanted to call and ask if there was any way that I could, like, contract tuberculosis <laughs> or bronchitis so that way they can finish the fucking job, which my sinuses started back in November. And if not, is there, like, some way I could shoot some penicillin into my fucking throat so I can breathe again? If not, I guess I'll just have to suffer. Hope right. to hear back from you. God bless you. All right, this poor guy suffering. So, so the problem is less the infection. He wants to. I think did he say he wants tuberculosis so he could just die? To get rid of it. Yeah. yeah so, he so he wants to die. Uh, antibiotics tend not to work for upper respiratory infections because they tend to be viruses, and it's the inflammation that he's dealing with. All that all that stuff you hear up here. Mm -hmm. It's just he's, everything's inflamed. The inflammation gets down into the trachea and even to the sometimes the upper airways. And uh, yes, an antibiotic sometimes is helpful if the sinuses are occluded and there's bacteria in there. Uh, but the bigger issue is the inflammation. So you use inhalers sometimes that are steroid inhalers, nasal steroid inhalers, or actually take steroids, which it sounds like if you have, you've had this for a while, you might want to take some steroids. Talk to your doctor about that. But the fact you're getting it four times, but doctors have difficulty differentiating between uh, upper respiratory infections and allergies. Mm -hmm. So allergies might have started this whole thing. If it's upper respiratory infections, look at your nutrition and sleep. Make sure your like your immune system is adequately charged up, and wash your goddamn hands. That's the main thing. Yeah. Is the main thing. Do you did you have any period where you went through lots of? Not that like that to me would scare me if I had if I was sick for that long. I would start thinking of other things like do I have lung cancer? Do yeah. I have? You, like... you should. <laughs> that's that's what you should do if you if things don't seem to get be getting better, and the doctor should take care of that. But right. but he, it sounds like there were four episodes, and mm. I don't know, just you wonder. Sometimes you get that. You just get you know what I used to get sick all the time and uh is joe on low on a carnivore diet uh i think I heard, he, he is like a, he uh he kind of does like a keto slash uh yeah. you know but once in a while he cheats yeah that's kind of my thing yeah. and uh, i heard jordan peterson talking about it mm -hmm. on, uh, whom i just I, that was one of my favorite the, the interview before last was one of my favorite jordan peterson interviews ever yeah and he was talking about his success with that and um I've not been sick once since I went on a carnivore diet. Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I used to get sick four times a year like that guy. I, not once. I did hardcore keto for about seven months. I just got off of it. And the benefits of it was so amazing how, how well my brain worked. Right? I, like I was just thinking clearly. Why'd you get off it? Uh, because I, I hit a plateau where I stopped losing weight. Yeah, and, yeah. and then I was like, uh, everyone told me I had to have cheat days. And I would try to like, all right, I'm going to have an ice cream sundae and a pizza, you know, on Sunday. I'm going to try. Uh -oh. But I couldn't do it. Like I would have like a couple nibbles of the pizza and I felt like I was cheating on my girlfriend. Uh, I was just like, uh, you know, and. It is weird, isn't it? You it, get a little, very, I get very compulsive about yeah, it too. Yeah, I, I, I get, I get all, I go all in. So it's hard yeah. for me to cheat. But then I, I you know, I just. You're in or you're out. Then. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm kind of like, uh, most of the time I'm on keto, but I still allow myself to have it some stuff like Did, I, I, like little things though like apples i want an apple i should be able to have apple i should be able to have rice yeah i can't have rice i, I know <laughs> I, I miss that too but uh, but i i um what was i gonna say i, I noticed uh well the compulsiveness i definitely noticed it well and uh 
I noticed, you know, the immune function, the sleeping better, mm-hmm. the clarity, so and I'm afraid to let go of that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and how did you get, I've noticed, I have palate fatigue. I have a little bit of that. Is that what you got yeah, also? Yeah, I got everything. Man. Yeah. It, it hit me hard after like so long that I was like, I can't take this anymore. Okay. I, I, I'm going to expect that. And, and, and it's, it was just little things, honestly, because, you know, I've been on many diets before and I thought Weight Watchers was probably my favorite because you're allowed to have anything. And I thought keto was just a little too strict for me just because of little things like not being able to eat green beans and mm. stuff that you... You're never hungry though. No, you're That's not. the one great thing but, about it. But you get sick of eating meat. That's yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, you get this weird palate fatigue. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're not overweight. Why? Why so much? Oh, I am way overweight. Really? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, you just not body dysmorphia. You're actually no, no, no. I I weigh right now. I think two ten, and I'm five eight. And yeah. I hide it well because I wear black and stuff. But uh, <laughs> but before keto, I I was uh, hanging around two fifty. So. All right, we're going to talk about some stuff now. Uh, here are a couple of emails. We're going to maybe we should watch a video. We'll drop the emails in between. Let's sure, do yeah, that. we could break it up. Yeah, let's do that. Let's see. Let's. Oh, here's a goodie. These, these are these. I'm. I don't know if you're as uh, into these kinds of topics as say Tom is, because these are like right up Tom Segura's uh, path. Well. Here's a, just an easy one. How come some turds are shades of brown, some turds become red after beets, and some turds are green? This is a, this is a yeah. child, children's poem. <laughs> So, so, I tell you, beet roses salad are red, is, turds are green. Yeah, yeah. And beet salad has scared the heck out of me. The first yeah. time I ever ate a beet salad, and then like a couple hours later, I was like, "Oh my god, I have to go to the doctor." And I yes, forgot all I, my wife it. had that experience, and I, I freaked out and I told her she had colon cancer. And I and I and they turned out she had beets. And yes, why is it red after beets? Because beets are red and they get through. That's obvious. But the brown and the green is from bile. Uh, and so you, if you're, you know, and you certain, you different, put out different amount of bile depending on what your body's trying to digest. And so uh, that sort of brown or green uh, coloration is your biliary system working overtime. All right, let's get to a video here. What do you got? All right. So what I got for you guys here is uh, something called pup play. So we're going to have two different sets of clips. Uh, there's going to be stuff that you see uh, that a documentary crew put together. Oh. And then after that, we're going to see the stuff that the actual pup play people put together. Okay, so, so we'll see so how different that is. Brian, I am okay. I am sort of fascinated by this whole okay. topic. I, I don't get it. Uh, it. Here we go. Okay, pups, we've had a bit of a rest. Time now for some... Training. What's involved in human pup play at first seems really simple because, you know, most people think you're just getting on all fours, waddling around and, and going woof woof and bark bark. But it's really so much more complicated. It's an addiction, I guess, in a way. I feel there is a hidden dog in me. I feel I have to live two lives in some ways. It is kind of like being part of a secret club. For some people, there's sexy time involved, but that's not the whole essence of it. Uh, what draws me to human pup play is I like the gear, I like the the lifestyle of it all. It just makes me feel like I am ten foot tall and bulletproof. It's not just physical; there's emotions. Makes him feel like I am. Having a what? <laughs> makes him feel. Yeah, like so I mean, am. there's a lot of stuff we're working with. There's a lot of stuff we're working with over here. It's, uh, you know, they're not doing it entirely for the sex stuff. So, you know. Oh, there's a sex piece in this? I mean, not yet, not yet. So uh, I, I, I to me, it seems like something people do just so they can do doggy style and they feel uncomfortable doing it right. as humans. <laughs> or, or talking to other people without, like, a mask on. You is, know, is, it, of... is it heterosexual, typically? Um, Not from the videos I've seen. I always know I'm watching a Your Mom's House video when my hands go to my face. <laughs> Because, no, it is more of embarrassment and shame. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to look. I don't want anybody to see me. I want to be unseen. Mm-hmm. And my hands are at my face. Yes. All right. Sounds like you guys are ready for more. Oh, Hold on. I get to go to my secret persona where I have no human inhibitions. It sets me free. I didn't go into human pup play for the sex part of it myself. I don't think I have had sex with anyone in pup gear. It doesn't just involve men. I've met female pups doesn't depend on your genitalia we've gathered the pups well, here today good. for training to yeah. I, I wonder do they do they allow their genitalia to sort of hang out in the breeze the right, way a dog right, does right. is that part of the deal i yeah. mean so far it seems like everyone's uh, head to toe in latex yeah, yeah. L- latex seems to be a big part of this to test their skills so pup show me a kneel position just learn who sent that is seeker that belongs to somebody in the room well done pup See, you knew it was mine. Well done. 
So there's a little bit of dominatrix domination yeah, thing going like on that's here. What it is? There's Bad one parenting. dog trainer. Yeah. Yeah. So the dog trainer and you and you're. And I wonder if it's people that feel dogs are like beneath, mm. you know, and they're sort of being demeaned by becoming dogs. See, in my household, dog, my dog is the king. Right. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, me but too. Yeah. If you have a wife, uh, do you have a wife? Yeah, I know I have a girl though. Yeah, and, and she's two shih tzus and they, and they rule us. Oh yeah, <laughs> they don't let you. You are certainly not the charge. It yeah. is the animals. Right. And um, so I can't relate to this at all. Though I must tell you, it, it makes me want to. Um, can I go get the do the dog hat, the dog puppet oh, mask yeah. we have over here just yeah. to see oh, what yeah. it feels do you like? Want to go grab that yeah, real quick. That so uh, so Red Ben, yeah. In the meantime, like, is, is, does this have you seen this at all? I I, I used to life? date a girl that was kind of into the furry movement uh, and the and the latex like bondage type stuff. Uh, I never got it. I never got involved with it, but it was pretty hot uh, seeing the female side of it. Now this this guy side of it it's kind of freaking me out a little uh, oh wow so there is a girl side of it. oh yeah there's a girl oh, side of it oh jeez, there we go <laughs> that's hot actually i get it now i get it now yeah does you know, that feel I, normal I, to you I drew i still don't get it i'm sorry <laughs> um it it, it you know it, and i would i'm thinking to myself all i smell is fucking plastic <laughs> And if you added latex to this, oh. it would be extra super disgusting. Yeah. So I don't get it at all. Oh, jeez. I guess I, you, would you have, do I have to have a collar around my neck before? I think for another episode, we got to get a collar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and a tail. And have somebody, you can yank my chain and see if that somehow <laughs> does something. I think Dr. Drew's trying to tell us something. <laughs> Here, let's have Dr. Drew put the headphones on. Yeah, I'm now. having weird feelings about Nadav, it. Nadav, you, you anything? <laughs> It's great. Should I do the rest of the show like this? <laughs> no, we need your headphones back on. No, you need my headphones. <laughs> okay, give me a second. Uh, wow, wow. I uh, no, no, but the furry like I don't know if that the, these would be the same people as the furry ones that like, dress up in like furry outfits. Well, it it, it does. I, see, I thought that's what we were gonna watch yeah. or something like that. Because because yeah. I've really never really seen this. I've seen the dog head over there, and I didn't understand the significance. Right. So so this is now the documentary crew that's following them. I think within the next clip or two, we will see the documentary that they made by themselves. Uh, borrowed some stuff from oh, psychology and philosophy. Oh, smell, and smelling an ass. Aesthetics and I, I should have tried to smell <laughs> your ass, Putting Brian. That all together. <laughs> That's the part I missed uh, out. You don't want to do it. But I couldn't <laughs> smell it through that, that plastic smell. I know it. I couldn't have smelled it. I've become a trainer um, and I own pups. Oi, who are you barking, who are you barking at again? Oh. All right. So now is. These started. are Australian dudes, right? Wow. Is this yeah. where this is? <laughs> I, my Australian friends, I'm offended for them. Going down. So now we're getting into the video that they made. And I think well, you'll you notice keep, that there's a different tone. I was going to say, you keep you keep sort of telegraphing that we're up. Something's coming. Yeah. For which yeah. Is, this is the. What, now explain more. Is this like their home videos or what are we talking about here? Um, I definitely don't think they got the same documentary crew to help them with this video. Okay. This looks this, this looks is, a little bit more like they're just on sticks. So it's just a little tripod action. Uh, uh, that. Okay. It is acting as a passive sense for you most of the time as a human being. But as a pump, is. you're going to be using it as an active sense, activating those memories associating with your pup activities so that one width of your master's groin and uh, you're beginning to snap into pup mode. So uh, you're saying that, you know, we're taking a different route. Well, now. this is what I kind of thought. I saw them smelling each other's asses mm. and I thought this is meaningful, right? Mm. Um, I think he's overselling it, but let's see. Give me a little your more. Your owner is going to make you a pair of underwear. He's going to uh, make sure that he leaves oh, a God. bit of his scent of his ass. Oh, that's nice. Some smell of his piss. Uh huh. Thank you. And definitely a few loads of cum. Oh, oh, oh no! Uh, oh, uh, there did you guys my see hands. that coming? No, no, I did not see that coming. My hands at my face again. This wow. is this is like you know one thing about shame is that they say it's not good for your health. So I'm feeling like this vid, this whole experience here on your mom's house may shorten my life a little bit. You're going to take a good strong smell of your owner's underwear when you feel like it, when you're pleasuring yourself. Importantly, though, there's activities that you're going to be doing to help build up your scent. And the first one in first collar training is to know your own smell. Uh -oh. Once a day, uh -oh. when you wake up in the morning, uh -oh. take a good whiff of your pit before you've showered, before you've put any deodorant, cologne on. All right. 
when you've got time during your work day. If he says eat your shit. I'm, 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 I'm out of here. Oh, nah, no, just no, smell no. it. Just, just smell it. You can go good. here. Oh, Put your hand down your pants. Grab your nuts. <laughs> Have a feel. Get your fingers over them. And bring oh, them up. God. After I, you've I, done that, reach further back. Uh, Run your finger along your crack. Yeah, I know I'm on YMH. I know because I feel I feel ashamed of myself and sorry for these people. That's what happens every freaking time. I did not expect both of you to be this repulsed by this video. It's not a repulsion so much as a sadness, a sorrow, and and I and a shame that I'm watching it, and a shame that I'm participating in this. But I will pull my head up and stand up tall. And finish this. Just run your finger along your crack, your sweaty crack. Uh, maybe not. It's just him. Bring it up and smell. After you. I like that these guys love torturing. I know. That's, that's kind of what thing. it is, right? This is yes, yeah, it's torture. That's that's. It should be your mom's house torture chamber. Now I did. I did date a girl that used to sell her panties, and it was very interesting because people, a lot of people, bought them. Like, what? and she, we would go to Kmart and get like a twenty pack of the cheapest underwear that that you could get for a girl, and she would sit there, put it inside her, rub it on her butt, and then throw it in an envelope and sell it for forty bucks. And How did she discover that there was this market for her particular? Uh, because that, like, in the adult industry that was you know uh a was, big she, was thing. she a porn star yeah, she was okay a, so she uh, knew it from they were people were asking for it yes oh, and, and what God. was funny is that uh i i kind of was like weirded out by it so i would do the honor of wiping it on my crotch and butt so all any one of you guys that bought it uh while you're sitting there masturbating sniffing these panties you're sniffing my ass so I, and I, I would and i would like do a bad wipe i would like you know but, wait but, a couple but, of wait days. i'm a little confused though <laughs> we got to get further into this because because no doubt your um uh what you produce from your rectum right uh, your product yeah uh would have a little more of a carry to it a little than your stronger, girlfriend's probably yeah a stronger but yeah. but a, a women's uh genitalia has this, you know a certain something, yeah. something. yeah and uh how did you reproduce that i didn't i i literally you just, just over, gave them, over I, they, I, they like the they the, just they got, like they the, got a little bit more musk than uh, they, okay. they thought okay but they, oh, she, I they see. sold yeah, a lot yeah yeah musk i like that how yeah. many how many guys think have your asshole i'd probably say a good 40 50 around there and a few of them returned so they they had to have liked it they were, they, they returned they, they returned buyers i mean oh they, they came back i think they returned more. the product yeah, yeah. oh yeah Anybody in that room, in the production room? Anybody sound familiar to you? I you, definitely didn't buy them. Okay. Well, now we're going to have Christina's reaction here. Is that what we got? Um, yeah. So this is, uh, this is their reaction to the difference between the tone of the first clip and the second clip. Definitely a few loads have come. Definitely Jesus. a few loads Remember have come. Remember how the other video, God. oddly enough, that featured the pups, God. they made it totally non-sexual. Well, yeah, that's the lie and we of were, it. And we were like, this is such a sexual yeah. thing that they're they're minimizing. Yeah. Then you get him alone, he's like, I'm going to come all over this <laughs> and you're going to smell it. What a liar face. I guess for that documentary, they didn't want them to seem like total of fetish course. derelicts. But these and guys are coming like, all no, over the place. it's a community. It's yeah. just, it's freeing. It's liberating. Yeah. They're coming all over each other in yeah. their latex like, dog outfits. Come, I'm going to come in my underwear and you're going to smell it. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> This guy's such a pig. I like the dog walking uh, in the know. background. It's <laughs> <laughs> an added touch. Chug's like, you're not playing any more video? I'm out of here. <laughs> He's like, hey, don't diss me like that. I'm out of here. Uh, but Tom Tom is driving home the uh, the yeah. semen story. Uh, yeah. He's driving on that one. I'm I'm vibing on the whole idea that there's probably a lot more going on than they even cop to. Oh yeah, yeah. There, you know what I mean? Is. I mean, so the whole thing is here. You can behave like a dog mm -hmm. and, and feel great about it. I I, I I can confirm that there's stuff that they're not telling you. There's a, there's a video I don't want that to necessarily, I didn't have prepped. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'll leave it up to the imagination. Well, no. I didn't want to necessarily know that you knew this. I mean, but that already screws me up to know that you know a little bit about this. But maybe you show me some videos next show, yeah? You got it, bud. Okay. It, because that's where you learned about it, right? You didn't actually do this. No, no. Uh, okay. I did not It was a little bit this. of a bark there. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. It had something to do with extracting glands like a groom, uh, a dog groomer, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, expressing glands. Expressing, expressing glands. glands. <laughs> Thank you, Brian, for taking it all the way, all the way down. You express your glands now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
Uh, speaking of uh, sort of, and whatever you're into, enjoy. Yeah. Uh, here, this is a guy, he's um, worried. He's had a happy marriage. He loves his wife. Uh, she's been interested in BDSM, though she hasn't been demanding it, but we have mostly vanilla sex life, she said. She would prefer that I be more dominant. Well, you, this is perfect. Go do pup play. Yeah. I, I would like you to meet her needs. I would like to meet her needs and make her happy, but uh, with this never having been an interest or fantasy of mine... I have her bound and at my mercy, I feel largely clueless, clumsy, and silly. So he's tried to tie her up. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been her doing as she's been patient and understanding, but it's it's had an unintended result of making me feel inadequate. I'm just realizing how most people don't know how to write for uh, <laughs> speaking. <laughs> yeah, uh, Boring for only wanting to engage in more conventional, less complicated sex with my wife. Any suggestions? Well, obviously pup play. Mm-hmm. Obviously they could go down that path. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't really, it's a kind of an interesting question, really. Uh, how do you, if there, you know, one of the more, more common things in people's sex life is mismatches of all types, mismatch in sexual desire, mismatch in what you like, mismatch in around BDSM stuff. So how does a guy that's not into it fake it? It's hard to do. I've, I've been there where they've uh, choked me. I've even been with a girl that wanted me to slap her and I couldn't do it. And, I, I, and, I would argue, yeah. and I've talked to a lot of men that have yeah. been in that position. Yeah. And have not done it, and I would argue that means you're a good person. <laughs> Thank you. you. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. I, 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 whenever a guy says I couldn't do it, I'm like, of course you couldn't. Yeah, <laughs> because you're a just sane human being who cares about people. And there's something weird about dating somebody and being in a certain relationship where you're happy and you love each other, and then just switching off to like, oh, you like being choked. Like, right? It's, like, I feel it's weird. Silly. I feel like it's silly. Just, well, that's yeah. what he feels. Silly and uncomfortable. I, I feel la- like and, I just and, start laughing. And yet, a lot of women like the sort of swept away feature of right. it. Uh, I wonder if it's, and, and of course the women are so funny, they, they'll never tell you. You're supposed to guess right. exactly what they want or how it's supposed to go because it spoils it if you don't use your imagination to dream it up for me. Um, but I, maybe I, for this guy, uh, it's go ahead and I, I'm imagining the tying up and the being out of control is what's more important to her than anything else about what you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe what you do is tie it up in whatever thing it is that you normally like carry out your normal business and give her the thrill of really tying her down yeah that's all no right. I, it's I, I i'm not into it like, i'm kind of like this guy i'm i guess i'm more boring but not that boring but like i hate like i hate when girls go daddy you know the oh, daddy stuff uh, i mean i've been there where she said daddy and she said her dad's first oh, name oh my god <laughs> come on jeff and i'm like wait i'm not jeff that's uh, your dad oh, that's when what? that's when porn stars <laughs> never have any antecedent problems but but you know it does bring up this whole thing about the the pup play, which is all this stuff to me is see, feels like traumatic reenactments, mm-hmm. and I don't know what it is about the dogs and the being. The, but no, I'm not kidding. Is it that people reenact the traumas of their past? They're attracted to things and behaviors and circumstances that remind them of their childhood traumas. They don't realize that's what they're doing. It's just their attractions to these things. Now it doesn't have to be a direct relationship. It's not like you had sex with the dog when you were three. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's, you know, much, much the way foot fetishes and things like that. There are things that develop because of exposure to various things during childhood that just get stuck in our head. And go ahead and act them out. That, that's all fine. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But I, I'm just saying that if it gets weird like that, where you're yelling your dad's name, right? I'd look, I'd, yes. I'd look into it. Yeah, I'd look into it. Or that's just all I'm run away like I did. Yeah, <laughs> I heard the foot fetish thing is because as a kid, seeing your mom walk around like there, the Tom and Jerry's. Multiple yeah. theories about it, uh, and, and I think it, it, it. A lot of these things are about um, like the pups and the feet. You know, being down low. Mm. That's where you were when you were a kid, right. and maybe something happened, and you your brain seared that image into your head or associated it with something that happened Hmm. that you're not aware of consciously or it's about sort of being demeaned and maybe it's a more part of that demeaning thing generally how do you feel demeaned oh i'll suck your feet or i'll be a dog or and and i don't know you know i i've never really treated people that being demeaned sort of becomes a central issue in treatment Hmm. yeah so i've never really seen that but but i'm sure people have that and i've obviously this is part of the thing here and even the way that guy that was the dog trainer spoke, I found it like unpleasant. Yeah. And so if you find that pleasant, it's like, mm, you got something going on That's there. Weird. So the uh, uh, Jeff's daughter, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> was this the porn star? No, this was just a uh, random girl. And, I mean, I've had that before where people are like, daddy, daddy. And sometimes, you know, it's hot, but other times I felt there a realness to it. Yeah. And when she said that, like, 
like this was like uh, a really traumatic thing for me where like I honestly stopped talking to her like the the, the yeah. following day because yeah, I was you, like you, I don't even want to go there I'm not even going to bring it up that you said your dad's yeah. name yeah uh, yeah that uh. it was and in uh, did the porn star have trauma yeah yeah, yeah. Always, it's they, always there yeah. even though they deny it it's yeah like, I, it's not it's not something to be ashamed I, of i've dated it's, a few of the girls and it seems like that it's always been some kind of molesting and, well it, and, it's and, what it, it makes their body boundaries sort of less more fluid let's mm -hmm. say they just don't don't perceive the usual boundaries and stuff yeah uh here's a prolapse question for you brian oh uh how many types of prolapses are there and how likely has it happened to me when i'm making brown um is there a difference between prolapse and just having like a bad hemorrhoid that pops out? Or? Very different. Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, prolapse is what they call great a pink question. sock, right? Great, yeah. That's yeah, the pink yeah. sock thing. Mm -hmm. Great question though, because a lot of people have these, a, a hemorrhoid is just a, essentially a vein that right. gets inflamed and enlarged and it can pop out and be very uncomfortable. But prolapse is the rectum turning inside out. Right. And that can be a surgical emergency because when it gets, when it falls out like that, it cuts off its own blood supply. And it's not like you can just, you know, tuck it back in or restore the bus. You have to go in through the abdomen and that's deep back in there, man. It's a big surgery. I have it's, an internal hemorrhoid that gives me problems at least once a month. And, well, good uh, times. And yeah, I've had the, where you tie the rubber band around oh, it. Oh, that's very painful. And that was the most painful <laughs> oh, 48 sorry. hours. And I'm I was supposed so to go sorry. back twice and I'm like, nope, I'll just keep it for the, is there any, any bad thing about just keeping it and like no. going with it? Right. I mean, they can bleed. They get really seriously oh, yeah, bleeding, they, but, they, but, uh, it, and, yeah. <laughs> and they tend to recur even when you band them. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there's a big surgery you can do. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. And, uh, You've become very friendly with Anusol. What's if, that? It's a good Anusol HC is a really good cream for oh, really? cooling that all down. Okay, and, is it, I'm gonna is write it, it down for you. There's positive about I guess bloodletting or uh, recycling your blood, right? Once no, a month? not really. <laughs> not when it comes out your ass. <laughs> Uh, I, I, no, no, no. But be careful if you do have a, even a little bit of, you know, you notice on the toilet paper and stuff. Uh, you might oh, I have a lot. Have a you lot. might want to take some iron. Iron? Yeah. Cause you could really lose a lot of iron that way. You'd be surprised. Oh, and, and, uh, you, okay. if you feel fatigued or anything, I mean, first the problem with the iron though, it is also will constipate you. So you have to make sure, cause that'll make the hemorrhoids worse. Right. So you gotta make sure you take a laxative with the, with the iron. Oh. But you should be, if you're having blood on the tape paper every day, you should do Not every day. It's about in a very bad month like once a month but it's very bad for like four days or so mm -hmm. and uh yeah i guess i'll take some iron there we go <laughs> uh i work in a drug and alcohol rehab for five years i sit uh, as i sit here what kind of addict was your favorite to talk to i personally love cocaine crack guys oh. and those are two different populations frankly they're always excited to do just about anything especially the cocaine guys that's what she likes uh when offered a bed always had to get their quote finances in order before they could come in right um I like I like addicts that really try to bullshit me. I like addicts <laughs> of all tried, and the bigger the bullshit story, the happier I get. Mm -hmm. And my favorite is, uh, and, and it sort of, I get angry because my peers feel uh, somehow violated or, or angry if a, if a if a patient lies to them. Mm -hmm. my, my patients, lie, if they don't lie, their diagnosis is in question, right? It's part of the condition, and so. My thing is like, yeah, bring it. My job is to figure out what the truth is. You, you do your, you don't know when you're lying anymore. Once you weigh into it, and but my favorite always is the guys that that start out start out with the bullshit, and they come in and they're like, like well, I always like to ask why they're here because I just want to see what the answer is, and they'll start with. Well, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. You can't imagine what it's like. I'm just, I'm uh, legal problems. My wife's gonna leave me. I'm just sick and tired of it. Open the chart. There's the, he. This person has been brought in chains right from the courtroom. The court brought them in. I go. Okay. Oh, did the court have anything to do with it? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But I wanted to go. Uh, I yes. went. It's like, oh, you are so full of it. It's so funny to me when they when they have this big story and they are literally brought in right. <laughs> under under police by the police. It's like, all right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Court had nothing to do with it. Uh, all right. So did we finish? We finished all our business. Yes. Yes. We finished okay. all the business. All right. Now I get to talk to you. Oh, so, okay. so where'd you grow up? Uh, Columbus, Ohio. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And what kind of family? Uh, very white Christian religious, uh, family. Hyper religious? Uh, not hyper religious. Uh, just, but we like very normal, the, I guess. Sort of. Okay. So normal for Ohio, right? Normal for Ohio. Right. Like we went to church once a week. We like I was in cate or whatever catechism. But this is like American Midwest. American. Everyone yeah. did it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, everyone did. It, and and, and sometimes that can drift over into religious abuse, right? Yeah, where you're sort of being beaten up by the religious. Yeah, not that. Not that. Not this that was deep. just standard Protestants. Yeah, and parents divorced at a young age. How old? Uh, third 
third grade, which I'm, I'm 44, so it was when divorce was still new. Yeah. I remember it was so unusual that we got divorced that when I got divorced, the teachers uh, were like, hey, you know, you, I think you're one of the first people to get divorced here. You might want to hold them back a year because uh, it's- We don't know what the reaction We don't know what the react. Yeah, so they did, yeah. uh, So which was crazy. And I moved, you know, in with my mom and uh, still- was that, was that painful? It was weird because we were the only families like I had no I didn't know that it was a thing divorce, did, you, did you feel you know? stigmatized it, it felt yeah it felt kind of weird how but many, luckily we siblings? uh just one sister yeah. uh but luckily we switched school districts so uh, like it wasn't like they didn't no one really we went knew. to the divorce school district yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was it was interesting I and, and I do wonder if how much that affected me uh, well it's it's it, it on the scale of what are called adverse childhood experiences it, it registers as a as a mark yeah you know but one good thing is that because I grew up with my sister and like we shared a room growing up in, my, in in like a small apartment and I think that did push me towards hanging out with women more than guys. So like sometimes even it in, goes the other way, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess blame so on the mom or something like well, that. Well, no, or, it's just that hey, too much. You're the only male in a household. Sometimes uh, I need some more male. But uh, no, but, no, I went deep in women. So I just pretty much all my friends were women growing interesting. up. Interesting. Yeah, and, and and it's even to this day. Uh, I'm, I'm a little I, bit the same way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not entirely that. I can't say all my friends are women at all. But but I, I'm a little more at ease or myself or exactly. something. Yeah, at so, ease. I feel way yeah. more comfortable with four yeah. women than four guys. It's yeah, so I would be weird. too. It's yeah, so which weird. is weird. I mean, I, I'd <laughs> yeah. like to be around a bunch of guys, yeah, but yeah. but I feel more. Yeah, that's 100%. weird. And I didn't have, I you know, I was I had a sister, but I had intact family, so it was two and two. Mm-hmm. No real reason. Yeah, I, I had an abusive mom, so that's probably why yeah. I kind of wanted to solve that problem. Solve problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, was your mom abusive? No, no. like uh, we, of course, you know, back then it was okay to get spanked with a uh, a ruler. You know, like okay, I, so that goes as check number two. Okay, Sp- so hit guess, with an object. Right, hit yes. with an object. In Ohio, that was normal, but no, yeah. I know. <laughs> but but it actually, but these it's just it's just a strictly speaking objective sort of yeah. um, devices. Yeah. So that's two average childhood experiences. I, I remember it never hurt. And I was just like, ah, I was, I was like, I'll cry. I'm like, ah, I, I better keep this crying part up when she spanks me. Does so it ever scare you? Works. No, not, too, I mean, not the, really. The key is for it really to have an effect on you. You have to be afraid. Yeah. Be fearful I, something. I, I guess it kind, I kind of remember it scary she switched to one of those paddles that like all the frat boys have like oh my yeah, god yeah the cheese plate did your sister get it too <laughs> yeah 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 the yeah. cheese plate with holes drilled <laughs> yeah, through it yeah yeah i had one yeah. of those they my my high, my grammar school coach had one of those uh, the schools were allowed to use yeah them i remember when i went you used to be able to spend yeah. kids in school when i went to school i remember that yeah oh, i remember that same coach kicking a kid in kicking him uh, in the ass can you imagine nowadays? Yeah. Oh my God, he'd re- still be in jail. Yeah, right. So, okay. Uh, and so you're in Ohio, you mm-hmm. get divorced, you're coming on through, feel stigmatized, new school, some physical whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are things going as you grow up? Uh, I definitely got into drugs at, in college. Like I was, but nothing insane. Uh, I mean, insane to- So drug point. abuse rather than addiction. It was more like mushrooms and psychedelics. I was a hippie. I'd followed the Grateful Dead and did all that Do stuff. Do you know Duncan Trussell? Of course I know okay. Duncan right. Trussell. Are you, are you, yeah, uh, yeah. That's who the, the ball cancer guy was I was talking about. Oh, I, don't, I, I'm, I was Duncan all afternoon yesterday. Oh, really? I'm having dinner with him shortly. Oh, I love Duncan. He's I do a good too. friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so he, are you on that uh, animated thing he's doing? No, I know. Okay, I I, I, he and I did a several podcasts because oh, cool. i'm i look to him for some of the answers in some of these areas in this topic because mm-hmm. it's very interesting topic hallucinogens and- yeah and i mean i used to i've hunt, maybe hundreds of times i've uh done acid and mushrooms and but that's about as far as i got i i, I experiment with cocaine here and there but never really did so anything drug abuse me. not drug addiction right yeah yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and by the way personally let me just say where i'm at with it I'm afraid of them because I've seen it. You know, I worked 35 years in a psychiatric hospital. Right. I saw shit. Yeah. <laughs> happen from hallucinogens. Right. And it was like, oh my God. I don't, I, and, and, but, you know, being friendly with Duncan stuff, I'm intrigued. I would mm-hmm. love to be able to do something like that. I just, too scary for, for in terms of I need every neuron I've got and that's how what, what well, I'm kind of lucky that that all happened in Ohio and I got it out <laughs> of my system yeah yeah because when I moved to LA you know now it's DMT and all this oh, other, yeah, yeah. other stuff and I'm, I'm so glad I'm kind of over it where I'm like you know what I, I need to protect my brain now yeah, yeah. I'll smoke some weed here and there and have some drinks but that's about it yeah you yeah know? good uh yeah, I I I felt the the uh, like how frail the brain is uh, later in life. Where after a while, I, I was like, you know what? I don't think this is good for my brain anymore. You like, had I some. Think, you had a little bit of a break. Or yeah, something. kind yeah. of a breakthrough. Yeah. Uh, where I was 
in mushrooms. I had an overdose on mushrooms, which never happened. What to does me. that mean? Yeah, I never even knew it existed uh, that, to yeah. the point where I couldn't walk. I would oh. fall on the ground. Where oh. in the past, it's always been like you're on mushrooms. You could walk around, look at things and stuff, and every yeah. you kind of know that you're okay. But this was more like falling on the ground, couldn't walk. For how long? Uh, I'd probably say for an hour of just wow. pure torture to the point where I sat in like a cross-legged and just stared at a wall trying to get myself out of it uh and something like that would happen to me in the smallest <laughs> of i'm yeah. convinced of it I, the smallest little exposure I'd, I'd go down that path yeah but it is i am glad i did it because there was some you know one of the interesting things with well, the first time i did mushrooms which i thought was a, one of the reasons well, why and, and also no another thing if i had some sort of fatal illness mm-hmm. i would take lsd and or mushrooms oh yeah because well, the end really? of life stuff is, oh, yeah. looks really good in, yeah. in terms of a therapy right. treatment for uh-huh. end of life anxiety molly or, uh, or mdma ecstasy. is really more for the P- ptsd per se i'm talking about when somebody's facing death okay the the data or the reports on people taking both either mushroom or hallucinogen and sort of making peace, mm-hmm. tremendous, yeah. tremendous. Oh, so, interesting to know. Oh, yeah, you should see that. It's, it'll read the literature. It's out there. And uh, so I would do that because yeah. who cares then? Right. Right? Yeah. I injure my brain, so what? Yeah. It's like, so, yeah, now I, I'm, I'm just glad I'm over it because if I would have moved to L.A., I would have gotten deep into it, I think, because I, I see it all around the younger comedians and stuff, like all the stuff they're doing. I'm like, I'm so glad I'm over that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, good. I mean, I'm, I'm good. For, I'm glad for your health. Yeah. That, Cause not, it's not, it's clearly not healthy at a certain point. And you know, how much is there is not, we could argue, but I it, right. keep going. Not good. <laughs> right, right. Right. It's interesting though. I would, Cause the first time I did it though, the next morning, I remember I was driving to work and this is the same, uh, steering wheel that I drove to work every day. At, and I was looking at the steering wheel and I saw a texture I had never seen before. Like it kind of a, I thought mushrooms opened up my head to looking at things differently, even just little things. Like well, that. we know that one of the things it does is it uh, accentuates the activity of the parts of the brain, like the amygdala, that essentially look for novel, like like what what things are things that we take for granted that sort of go into the background. We start things some come to the fore a yes. little bit. There's a yeah. more novelty, yeah. uh, and to to things that are routine. Mm-hmm. Pot will do that too a little bit. Uh, in its best, you know, if, if you're certain, pot's so protean how it affects people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not everyone has the same experience with that. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it, perfect story. Uh, I, you know, back in the day I would have, you know, have like a bong and stuff. And this girl who had never smoked weed before, uh, she's like, I want to try weed. I'm like, okay, well you should try a bong. That would like, you know, shoot you right into the marijuana experience. She took one bong hit okay, and okay. like after like a minute, she stood up ran full speed as fast as she could across my room into my bathroom hits the bathtub and just smacks right into the bathtub and passes out oh my god like it affected her to the point where she just started running like she had no idea weird and she had never done it again since then but did she have any kind of was there anything happening in her head at the time was she she said she doesn't even remember she she said she just stood up and ran as fast as she see isn't that interesting and then some people love it more than they love anything else in their life yeah yeah and and it's uh i Joe Rogan had some weird idea that I hated or I'm anti-pot or something. I don't know where. Remember, he, I remember a long time ago. I don't know where yeah. he got that idea from. It's, yeah. it's, I think it's because I treat people who can't stop smoking. Yeah. And somehow that's an affront. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, listen, I, my thing is I only help people that can't stop doing things that would like help stopping. Yeah, there's, I, I believe that there's still people addicted to oh weed. Oh, uh, I know people me. that, that me have one are. joint in their mouth while they're rolling another one. And they do that from when they wake up to they go to bed. Well, and what happens, I, I'll tell you, the reason it doesn't look like addiction is because they can maintain that for a long, long, long period of time. Mm-hmm. And in the sink, it's, they start to sink later. Mm-hmm. And some people do it forever and never have a problem. That, that's the other weird part. Mm-hmm. But most start to sink into what we call a depra- marijuana depression. And in response to that, they'll get a lot more and a lot more powerful stuff. And that really puts them into a, a tank. Yeah. And and if they're addicts, they'll switch to something else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then that's usually when I get them, when they switch to a <laughs> right. stimulant or something else. Right. Uh, but the thing they don't want to leave is the pot because they love, yeah. love, love, love it. I didn't love it. Yeah. I, I was like, okay. but I used it. to have problems with it. And then uh, that went away. But uh, early on, yeah, there would be it? a few times. I don't love it as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Now it's more... Uh, like almost a conver- conversation thing. Like, like I'll be in a group of people, someone light a joint up. I'm like, oh, sure, I'll have some. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, I barely ever do it at home. I, you know, I, where I used to always have weed, I, I really don't care anymore. Like, uh, I might, well, I think, yeah. I think there's some sort of 
there's a term for this pharmacologically. It's called tachyphylaxis that the effects just wear off. Mm -hmm. And and if you're also not smoking it, you don't get that depression that excessive amounts of it give yeah. you, right? Right. And so I, I don't know. It's all very interesting. It's all you know. And thankfully now these things, this is legal. I think yeah. the 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 whole idea of Schedule One I think is going to go away. Mm -hmm. how, how bizarre is that, that? Is the most bizarre thing. That, ever. that, that these molecules are evil. Yeah. Like, Please, right. come, come on. I remember my dad visited me from Ohio once, and this is like right when I first moved to California, and somebody gave me this this wine that had marijuana in it. Oh, they're, they're desperately trying <laughs> yeah, to do they're, that they're, now. they're doing everything, yeah. right? And, uh, and I thought, you know what? I might give my dad some of this and not tell him there's any weed in it, you know, just to see what happens. He became the most happiest person. Like he was giggling. I've never seen my dad that happy in my life. Giddy. I never told him about it, but, oh. <laughs> I, I, but it was just magical to see it because yeah. like he just thought he was having a great time with his son and you know, like nothing was going on. You and must <laughs> do that again. <laughs> this time give him this, these that's little right. gummy bears, that's a little right. chocolate. Yeah, I can't do edibles anymore, but yeah, that's uh, edibles. All right, so, so we, have some, we have some sort of some stuff going on in childhood mm -hmm. there. How'd you get out of Ohio? Uh, I was lucky. I, uh, had a dead end job and, uh, what was it? Uh, I was working at gateway computers and doing web design on the side. Wow. And, gateway computer. Yeah. Remember that? That was so, a big business. So yeah, yeah, I was doing uh, business sales and stuff. And then, mm. uh, Joe Rogan had seen some of my work, some of my video work. And, uh, what do you mean? Uh, what was that? I, I used to follow around Doug Stanhope. I, you know, Doug, uh, Doug's yeah. another guy who hated me for no good <laughs> oh, reason. Really? Doug, we're not best friends. I mean, not best friends. I wrote the forward to his book. That oh, was, that's right. It's like the last time that Joe dissed on me was he uh, asked why the, Doug didn't get a real doctor to write the... Uh, oh, God. Really? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I love Joe. I love you guys. I don't understand why that has happened. I don't either. I don't get that but, at all. But Doug Doug had a thing. He hates 12-step. Yeah. And his mom used to drag him to those meetings. And I totally get how, as a kid, are you kidding me? Mm. Plus, Doug... <laughs> God bless him. He embraces his pathology mm -hmm. and, and his girlfriends. Mm -hmm. Good on them. Yeah. Good for them. I, I hope they're okay. I worry that they'd be okay, but what? It, he's living his life. He's living yeah. his best life and it's working for him. Fantastic. He's my canary in the coal mine too. Right. So. <laughs> for what? For drugs? Yeah, yeah, for, no, for drinking no, and for smoking. Drinking. Oh, if he goes too far, you've gone too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if he ever got there. Yeah. So yeah, I, don't you worry about him? I, I worry about I, him. I do worry about him. Himself. I do. And Did once, you read his book? I'm in the book too. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. You are in the book. But yeah. it, it, it's great. It's, it's a great book. What's the oh shoot now I'm blanking on that. What's the famous somebody help me here the famous uh, fear and loathing? Oh, uh, fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Who who wrote Hunter it? S. Thompson? Hunter S. Thompson got nothing on this book. Right, exactly. I, I'm not kidding. I thought and and he's so conscious of what's going wrong and what's happening and yep. so honest about it. It's a great read. Yeah, it's interesting. I, he's I, when he asked me right before, I really thought I was being punked. <laughs> really? I was like, Doug. I, I was like, what? Because doesn't your buddy? Uh, Johnny Depp, couldn't he do it? <laughs> Why do you ask me to do it? You ask, it doesn't make sense. But I was delighted. I was happy to do it. That's great. Uh, so yeah, I met him at a very young age, around 27 or 28. I used to follow him around, make videos and stuff. How did you get hooked up with him? Uh, through Joe, I believe I, I, through the internet, like I, uh, that, that, I, when was there, was there an internet then? You know what uh, I mean? That's funny. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, uh, I went to college uh, to do web design. It was like the first time they ever offered a class. Oh for web my design. God. So I was you like ahead of your time. I was a beta tester for yeah. this degree, I guess. And, uh, I met Joe and, and Doug through their websites. And then I ended up like making Doug's website and like making videos for Doug before YouTube. I was I really totally get it. Yeah. I, and how did you, and what were you thinking of Doug at the time? Like, I, I was just I, hysterical. This and, is great. Yeah. Uh, I love everything about him. I, I, I didn't know comedy that well. So yeah. this was like my introduction to comedy. Did and, you like comedy at that point? Uh, I did now, but I had liked like Saturday night live. I didn't, I'd never gone to like comedy. You shows. didn't know stand up. I didn't. Yeah. I, I think Robert Schimmel was my first time. Oh yeah. And then I got, into Doug Stanhope and Joe Rogan. And so I would make all these cool things for Doug and then Joe started making them for Joe. And then one day Joe's just like, hey, can you move to LA and just make these videos and stuff uh, full time? And I was like, I'm in, you know, I, I, I you know, quit my job. And luckily uh, the job I was working at was uh, like, I was gonna put my two week notice in. And they're like, wait, hold, we have something to tell you. Uh, we're, we're going out of business. Here's a severance package. So oh, I put the two week notice oh in my God. back pocket and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Good for you. So uh, then I moved out, you know, and started working uh, for Joe out here. And it's, you know, I've been out here ever since. So that's, you know, how and I got. And do you do stand up yourself? I did. Yeah. I, I started doing stand up in Ohio because I was so, uh, because it's just, 
you know, it was I was always the class clown, always making people okay. laugh type okay. guy. And, and, so. and so the one of the one of the sort of themes of this pod is to try to dig into what comedy, why yeah. comedy, why comedy, what comedy does for you. Yeah. yeah. Was it an and some people it's an antisocial impulse. Like it's a way of kind of keeping people away and controlling things. Probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a reason. I usually wear hats every day because I'm very, I don't want people to talk to people usually, you know, like. Do like, you like people? I, I like people. I yeah. just, uh, I'm very antisocial. When is, I, it, is it a social phobia? Like it's uncomfortable? Uh, no, I just rather not be bothered, I, I guess. I don't know. Like I get annoyed, like people coming up to me and like, oh, I don't want to talk right now. Oh, oh so because like, you mean fans. You don't want fans. Yeah, anymore. well that and yeah, strangers. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I've been mugged before, you know, so I oh. kind of don't like, like you know the whole thing where you're walking down a sidewalk don't look at that guy in the yeah, eyes yeah. type thing yeah. i'm kind of like that like yeah. i just you know be in the zone have you something. always been that way or is that something that's evolved uh i've always been that way okay. i mean i was you know like i said always hanging out with women not guys like jocks and stuff you know i was bullied as a kid uh by, by males by males yeah uh, yeah and so i always was like the artist i would paint and hang out with women. oh my goodness yeah, so, oh good so for art you. was like my big thing growing are up. you still doing art oh yeah yeah i have a t-shirt company where i draw everything and i still paint all once in a while and, and then then the comedy so you start doing stand-up what do you think about that when you first it was nerve-wracking i mean it was scary because i never had even done speeches or been in front of people before oh. and uh so i tried open mic a little when i was in ohio but when i moved to california joe it's like, you need to start doing stand-up again. So he would pu push me out in front of these sold-out 4,000 people shows. Oh. And that's how I started doing comedy. Because and he thought you were funny? Or? He thought, he thought, he thought I, that would... Yeah, he thought it was funny, but he also thought that, you know, you just have to do it. And this is, a, you know, it's kind of like a cheat code. Yeah, <laughs> And it was. It, it definitely was a cheat code because you start learning fast. How to hack fear of a cr speaking for a crowd. Yeah. Get out in front of 4,000 people yeah, and have yeah. at it and be funny. Yeah. And I remember I would go back to the... You know, I'd get off stage and I would have pain in my stomach oh, for like yeah. 10 minutes just you know my stomach just had pain and yeah, nerves yeah. and stuff like that so i have this weird thing that i when i sort of sit in the tune to people i can kind of feel where there's what's going on with them mm -hmm. like something weird in your back like uh, a pie. what is is it hurt back there or what no, is that where you have no, sort of your tension or something no i i have a problem with slouching well yeah but i but it feels like tight or something like there's something yeah is, is, when you when you're up there on stage where you like like a like a rubber band yeah yeah okay yeah all right that's what i'm imagining yeah Ugh. Yeah. It's so. Uh, and you got over that. I got over that. I mean, uh, now I don't even realize that I'm going in front and, of you. And I've noticed a predilection for the the brown humor. But what is yeah. they? What do they call it? What's the uh, What's the, the cup say? Brown talk. Brown, brown talk. talk. Brown yeah, talk. I love brown talk. Okay. It makes me laugh. And it's. It, I actually was. Uh, it's weird how people either like the the poopy talks. Like, yeah. my, I'm dating an Asian girl, and I realized that most Asian girls I know all love talking about poop. Like, they do, know? and that's what I mean. They made the poop emoji. I, the poop emoji. I grew up with a Japanese friend, and when I was like in uh, fifth grade. I would go through books and I would see the poop emoji all the time. And I used to draw the poop emoji oh. before emojis were even a thing. So wow. they, they've been so doing it. Was a it was like a, a like character. A, like a, uh, like Pikachu. Yeah. It was like Pikachu. Like shit a shoe or yeah. whatever. And it's, it's, it's so weird. It's popular now. They, oh, like to the point where it's like grocery stores. So so, stuffed animals. Now are the females more interested in it than the males? No, I think the Asian culture just loves it. poop. Uh, yeah. Hispanic culture, not so much. No, no, no. You, you talking about poop, man? Right. <laughs> and the farts, no, not going. Yeah, not yeah. Going. There. Yeah, and my African American friends sort of splits a little bit. Yeah, but some of them are like, uh, uh. But uh -uh. yeah, I love poop talk. I think it's great. It's well, it's interesting. So it's back here at your mom's house, uh, Christina digs the the brown talk mm -hmm. clearly, and mm -hmm. and it's sort of an unusual thing for a woman to really be that uh, down. You guys should see my girlfriend down for brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. There's, but I think a lot of people like it. Is she a comedian? Can I interview her? <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you should interview her, though, but she's not a comedian. She's like. Uh, so, Down for Brown is. That, uh, they make me a loop of that and a t shirt. That's another, another t shirt for yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, and then Tom is big in the sort of sexually macabre. Mm. And I, I interview him about that, and he thinks it's what well, we arrived at. Maybe it's the fact that he was in this, this oppressive Catholic school environment where sex uh, was like extremely taboo. Yeah. Now it just makes him laugh. Well, it, I think he imagines is, the the nuns watching this stuff. There is something weird about it because I do remember when I, I first moved out here, here. When I first moved out here, Joe was talking about masturbating uh, uh, in front of people, and I remember going. I can't believe he's doing that. What you and mean, wait, wait a second. That he was talking about the act of masturbating act. in front of people yeah. or he masturbated no, in front no, of no. people? No, 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 the act, okay. the, the act, act of the act. Yes, and he, okay. We were all watching him masturbate. Yeah, yeah. No, but no, no, he was talking and I was so shocked. Yeah, that, that, was, a, that. that was a new 
think he, Corolla, yeah. uh, a couple other guys that started talking about it in the 90s, right? Yeah. yeah. Some, yeah and yeah. I, and I just, that was shocking for me too, I got to yeah. say. And I did, now it's like, oh man, now I, I talk about that every day in front of people, you know, or like that, that whole, I could tell that I was very... Uh, uh, innocent when I moved out here and now I'm like completely different than I used to be. Yeah, so I remember when uh, we had sex education in junior high school. This is now, you know, when dinosaurs walked the earth, but they would go, listen, 95% of males masturbate, so don't feel bad about it. And that 5% we think probably are lying that don't. You know, it's right. like, okay. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And, and, no one, and that was it. That's yeah. all. That was the entire introduction and discussion about uh, male self-stimulation. Women didn't even have the talk. Yeah, we didn't have the talk in my school, which is weird. We watched the video once about sex. I think that's it. I remember when I was in seventh grade, I, I had trouble distinguishing between masturbation, menstruation, all the M words. <laughs> <laughs> I, it just, I just, I, I couldn't get it. Right. I mean, I, I knew there were different things, but the language screwed me up. Uh, and uh, uh, there were, I, I was, you know, they don't, they don't, well, back then, they didn't present it in a way that kids could digest it anyway. Yeah. It's all like an anatomy lesson for, for high school or college or something. It's like, mm, kids can't get that. Yeah. <clears throat> sorry all right so so comedy if you were to describe sort of what it does for you the function it serves for you do you does it kind of is it filling a void is it uh just fun is it does it do something really dramatic for you yeah i mean i it, it definitely it's addicting uh, i get that part where you get off stage you feel high from it so when you really get the, the room going yeah when you get so the it's room that going. shared experience of right the collective right but another thing is that my act at least is very crazy it's very brown very very outrageous yeah because uh, my influences growing up was doug stanhope and joe yeah. rogan so yeah, it's yeah. like and joey diaz so it's like my material is very i just love watching people's reactions like i'm telling you you're listening to what i'm the crazy shit i'm saying oh, yeah, so, yeah you know uh, but isn't it weird that you came c from literally zero yeah. to, to, to 90 miles an hour yeah it's very weird which yeah. i find interesting yeah i guess that's joe pushing you out in front of the audience it's, and you got to go where they are yeah and, and yeah. going low yeah works yeah and joe and uh and doug taught you that yeah yeah so, what, what was the first thing you hit upon that you thought, oh, uh, pay dirt? Uh, the, the first thing about how I used to hump pillows. Okay. Uh, I never masturbated using my hand. Yeah. I would always hump pillows because I always thought, why would you use your hand? You could do it like a, an object that's not you. Would, would you Would you make it into a pillow vagina? No, no. I, I would put like it down. A, I'd put it down, put like, you know, like a silk pillowcase on it. <laughs> <laughs> Would you talk to it nicely? No, no, no. <laughs> was the silk <laughs> is, the, is the silk for the sliding? The effect? sliding okay, of it, okay. and, there, and there was definitely better pillows than the other pillows. And I just remember I did that most of my life. I, I remember I first used my hand when I was about twenty-seven. I was that, like, was, that was just for. Oh, these guys love that in the other room. <laughs> Good for you. No, I, seriously. See how easy it is to make people laugh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it is that, I, I like that we've gone from being unable to talk about masturbation to saying, admitting something being hysterical. Right. No, and that, that was like one was of the first. Was that just for expediency's sake? Because I had to get it done and. It, it, it just felt better, I thought. Okay. I, I right. just, you know. You're trying things out. Yeah, and I would put two pillows in a pillowcase and act like it's Mexican, like it's already pregnant or something. And oh, like, oh, nice. You know, that was my first joke. Anyways, we're talking about <laughs> pumping pills. And and see, but but the whole idea is like, I remember when I said it, that just looking at the audience with their mouth open, like, what is he talking about? <laughs> like, that's that, I get off on that. Like, just the shockness of of like, wow, what? Okay. I've never heard this in my so life. So, like, shocking people. Does that I, surprise I mean, you? Or just taking them into my demented head. Is, is, you that, know? is that an artistic impulse for you? Probably. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's mm -hmm. like, is your art that way too? Were you yeah, 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 a lot of boobs and stuff, yeah. <laughs> oh, so you're a surrealist. Yeah. Kind of. yeah, I mean, like, even as a kid, I would always draw, like, the poop emoji on people's, like, notebooks when they weren't looking. They're like, what the fuck, is, you know, is So this? your art is, is to shock, and, to shock. and now comedy is your art. Yeah. And the canvas is people's puss out yeah. there, like, trying yeah. to make them look shocked. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. I like and, and so the impulse to shock was something before comedy. Yeah. Yeah, it was in my art, all definitely hardcore in my art. What do you think that is? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the impulse to shock. Did you try to shock your parents or your mom or anything? Yeah, or teachers? No, or? not too much. The teachers, yeah, sure. I would, a lot of arts-based things, though. Like, I, I remember I drew this crazy vagina, 
and it had like like a weird face on it and then, like when the teacher was out of the room i just put it in one of her books and stuff oh and, my god and, okay <laughs> you know, just, uh, what did she do i i, I this, this is how dumb it was i remember i got how old were you uh this was fifth grade okay and i remember she pulled it out and looked at it and goes all right who did this <laughs> And I remember I just and you took, were hooked. And I, I, <laughs> from now on, this is how I'm gonna go about my life. Then I remember I took my book or my trapper keeper and I just put it in front of my head, <laughs> like like I can't look her in the face. And and I never thought how obvious it was. I was just holding it up. In front <laughs> the, whole room, the whole room, the whole room is the kids going what? Dead and you're like, dead, 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 dead. <laughs> I remember. And I remember looking back how stupid that was. Like well, she had to have known, but I didn't get in trouble. How, for how her. cool of her for letting yeah. you express yourself? Yeah, yeah. What, what do you? Th- let's let's just break down just quickly that yeah. that impulse to put that in the teeth were your was your parents divorcing around that time no that was after a couple years after divorce yeah that was at the new school and i you know i barely knew anyone in the class were you being bullied at the time uh not so much then my bullying happened more in middle middle school and uh, early high school because it's interesting it's it's a it's that that what you did to that teacher is a it's an acting out. It's it's a kind right. of kind of an aggressive use of your art, right? And I'm wondering, maybe just pent up frustration with the divorce and the move and the new school and all kind of stuff. I guess before internet and video games, we didn't really have much. You know, like me and my yeah. friend would just draw dirty pictures and back and forth. You I, know? I understand, Brian. You had to <laughs> vaginas with eyes, yeah. offering to the teacher. Right. Maybe the principal would have liked it too. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but it kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. And and what's what are you looking forward to now? What? Like, what are you looking forward to now? What's coming up? Uh, you know, just the comedy thing. Uh, doing comedy, and uh, we're yeah. going on the road a lot with this show that I do, and we're about to. I'm going to Ireland next wow, week. Wow! Congratulations. In London and stuff like that. So it's gonna be a lot of fun going overseas and doing all this. So do you go by yourself now, or do you? Do- no, we. Uh, I do the show called Kill Tony yeah. once a week at the Comedy Store, and it's yeah. gotten to the point where it's gotten so big that now we're just going all over the place, and we get to bring me and Tony Hinchcliffe get to bring a couple guys with us, and we have this big show where we have a band and stuff like. Is that. it a live pod? Kind it's of a live podcast. It's kind of like American Idol meets uh, open mic comics. Oh my god! And, fantastic. And so, yeah, people go on stage, do one minute, and then we kind of help them or roast them, and uh, it you know just get to know the these people that are trying to do comedy for the first time and stuff. Oh my god! Yeah. And are you brutal? Sometimes we are. Yeah. Like we had a uh, we had a pretty brutal one the other day where it was a guy that you could tell learned to do comedy from like eighties stand up where it was very cheesy and oh, very yeah. you know kind of like cruise ship comedy. Yeah. And we kind of broke him down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking, I, uh, in addition to the, what did I say about Brown, the, the, the T-shirt I want? What's the phrase? Down for I Brown. Down for Brown. I yeah. want Down for Brown T-shirt. I also want a T-shirt with your art on it, like the vagina with the eyes. I think <laughs> oh, yeah, nice, yeah, yeah. Nice touch. <laughs> yes. So let's see if we can get that going, can we? <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Brian, thank you for stopping by. I thank really appreciate so it. Much, it's really you. fun. Really fun. And thanks for playing along. Thank and, you. And uh, good luck in the UK. So it sounds fantastic. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, buddy. We'll see you next time. All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician, medical advice, or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts are posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.